Hello, this is Pastor John Willingham of Doylestown Presbyterian Church. It's clear these days it's tough to make time. Schedules quickly become busy and calendars suddenly become full. To that end, DPC is excited to now offer this podcast channel, which will allow you to hear a recording of Sunday's sermon from that day's preacher. Whether you listen while taking an evening stroll, driving to and from the grocery store, or anytime you get a free couple of minutes, we hope it can allow for reflection and spiritual growth during your week. We also invite you to visit www.dtownpc.org to learn more about our church, our various ministries, and online giving opportunities. Thank you for tuning in. Our two scripture readings from Isaiah and Ephesians both contain invitations. Invitations to be renewed in our relationship with God, as Isaiah speaks of, and a renewed relationship with Christ, as Paul speaks of in the letter to the Ephesians. The tone of this invitation for renewal feels more welcoming and reassuring in Isaiah, and less gracious and a little more scolding in Ephesians. For Paul sets up an us-and-them reality. We are good and they are bad, and that is not the truth. For we are good and we are bad. For we live faithfully and we live in ways that takes us away from all of the things that we were taught in Sunday school, that take us away from all of the things that we pray for and hear. And so, this message is for us. It is for the ways in which we go back and forth, all jumbled up in our ability to follow Christ. And because of that, we are invited to be renewed in our thinking. The heart of these two scripture readings is the same, for they are about seeking a relationship with God. Seeking a relationship as our first priority, not our fifth priority, not our tenth priority, not our twenty-fifth priority but as our first priority. We are to seek God with all we are and in all we do. For in God, the meaning and wholeness of life is restored. Not this segmentation and compartmentalization that we are prone to, but wholeness. And yet, like God's people in the time of Isaiah and in the time of Paul, the people are seeking something other than God's goodness. One year before the pandemic, Derek Thompson, who is a writer for The Atlantic, wrote an article on the gospel of workism. Workism, he said, is the belief that work is the centerpiece of your identity and that in our work we fulfill our life purpose. But it's more layered than that. 
Workism has become the emotional and the spiritual experience of what it means to be who I am. For people talk about work as that place where I feel most myself. And behind this understanding of workism is this belief that there's some dream job out there. You know, the perfect spouse, the perfect partner, the perfect job, the perfect life. But there's this sense that there's some kind of perfect job out there and that we just need to keep on pushing until we find it, until we get there. And so we have to keep seeking and hustling working long, excessive hours, pouring everything into our work and letting our work define our very essence, our being, which is not the being that God has given us, we who are created in his image, created to co-create a different world with him. The problem with this gospel, Thompson says, is that it's a blueprint for spiritual and physical exhaustion. Long hours don't make anybody more productive or more creative. Instead, we become physically tired. Instead, we are stressed, and we become resentful and bitter. It is a false god to say that our identity comes from our work. Now, two and a half laters, it seems that the eruption of the COVID pandemic is leading large numbers of people to seek changes in their work situations. This season, there is a term floating around that's a play on the term the Great Depression, when the job market also changed dramatically. And so right now, there is a lot of talk about the Great Resignation. Because for the last six months, starting in April, people have been resigning and quitting their jobs in record numbers. And more than 100,000 people, again, a record number of people, are on strike for better working conditions, for better pay, and for better benefits. The crisis of COVID is causing people to rethink what work looks like. Now, we are in this not quite post-peak period of COVID, but in this period, people want more flexibility. People want a hybrid of work where they Occasionally, as the need arises, split their time between being in the office and working remotely. People want more time with their families. And some people are making worse 
work less consuming and less central to their lives. Some people are renewing their relationships, spending more time with family and friends. It is the way of a crisis, some would say the blessing of a crisis, that it ultimately disrupts our habits. Those patterns that we've gotten into that worked because they worked 20 years ago and we haven't stopped to think about how we have progressed and we haven't stopped to think about what that looks like in our lives now. But a crisis disrupts our habits, our way of thinking. And it disrupts them long enough that we have to do things in a different way. We have to find another path in order to continue to care for our families, in order to continue to share and support and be about the work of sustaining community and one another. Rethinking the balance in our lives is good. It's frankly what Scripture's about. Rethink. Come to another understanding other than the message of our culture. And so it is that if we rethink the balance of our life, COVID invited us to take a step, a step closer to a relationship with God. What God wants from us, though, involves more steps, an ongoing process of searching in order for us to be not just a bit renewed, but more fully and wholly renewed, not just in our thinking about work, but in our relationships and all of our circumstances, and particularly in our attitude towards discipleship, in what it means to be a follower of Jesus. For us, the crisis of COVID got us to stop and to think and to notice how we were living. For the people in the time of the prophet Isaiah, there was a different kind of crisis that got their attention. For the people in Isaiah's day, after 60 years of exile in a foreign country, where they had been taken because Israel had not been faithful to God, and in being taken into exile, they lost their places of worship, they lost their homeland, they lost their homes, they lost their identity, for their names were changed, and they struggled in order to continue to have a relationship with God. And yet God came and spoke to his chosen people. God came with an invitation. God spoke, saying, incline, incline your ear. Come, come and listen to me. Seek the Lord. Come, call upon God. Forsake, give up the ways that you have been living so that the old might be done broken away from, and the new might be entered into. The invitation is to return. 
return to this gift of wholeness. For our God will abundantly pardon. Our searching, our discerning, is the next layer of moving back into and growing into a deeper discipleship. Therapist Wayne Muller is convinced that modern life has truly become a violent enterprise, that we make war on our bodies by pushing them beyond their limits, war on our children by failing to give them our time, and war on our communities by failing to be kind and generous and connected to our neighbors. We need a healthier balance between love of activity and love of God. David Loy, in the religion of the marketplace, maintains that we have a religion of the marketplace with its never-ending mass media, its messages that are continually calling us to yearn for some kind of possession, some kind of status, some kind of concrete thing. And that this demand for more and more means that we never have a sense of enough. And if we don't have enough possessions, how can we trust and believe that we are enough in our beings because that's what's beneath the message. You are not enough without this and this and this. We are enough. We created in the image of God, but we struggle. We wrestle. And so Isaiah reminds us that what we really need is God. God calls us into deeper fellowship. God's wisdom is not found in materialism. And at some point, if we keep being distracted, if our focus is continually elsewhere, at some point we will find ourselves so far from God that we have lost an internal way of knowing of seeking, of hearing who God is. The rhythm that God gives us is work and rest and play and reflection and worship. And so thank you for the ways in which you hear the Spirit move in your life that we might gather together in the presence of God's word, that we might hear again the corrective to the message that is a different message than that of our culture. Thank you for continuing to search, to search in God's word, to search in your prayers, to search in your conversations, that we might know the presence the presence that speaks a word of truth. That we are enough and that we are beloved. During my time with you, there are some seeds 
that I planted. Some seeds that have to do with being renewed, perhaps being renewed in our thinking, but my prayer is being renewed in attitudes of discipleship. When COVID began, and I suggested that we needed a way to be in conversation and prayer with one another about the faithfulness of God's presence, and so we began Bridges and Beacons. One of the things that I have been abundantly clear about in shaping that ministry and as people offered to speak as part of it is that we were to speak a word of who God is and what God was up to in our lives, how we knew God, that relationship. It is too easy in this age of discomfort of talking about God, we talk about our church. My church does this. At our church, this happens. That's about work in some ways. Bridges and Beacons was an invitation to tell a story of a moment when God was there for you and who you've become and how you were sustained because of it. The second seed I planted was in the confirmation program. We, in conversation with the leaders, said that one of the things that we felt that our young people were missing was any sense of who is Jesus? Who is he? Again, we're prone to focus on this is our denominational structure and this is what this means and this is what this means, but my seed was to say, let's find out and let's ask and let's explore what it means to have questions of this Jesus. And so it is that 19 young people and nine confirmation leaders entered into a journey. The last seed was the Family Ministry Task Force. And in that group of people, we shaped our questions, we shaped our searching by prayer, we shaped our questions, we shaped what it is that we wanted to know about how people under 50 are connected to the life of our church, what is the hunger for their children, what is the hunger for their youth. We shaped it again by prayer and conversation with one another, looking continually for the fruit. Where is the fruit? that is being born in us because Christ Jesus is our Lord and Savior. What happens to those seeds will be up to you and to God. They will sprout and they will have a life and they will end as is appropriate as the new thing comes into being that is needed for us together. We come together in worship. We gather together to tell our stories of God's presence, that we might be renewed in our thinking, in the distractions of the culture and of the world. 
And none of this happens, or I should say it only happens, because of the grace of God that continues to say, come and seek and search and notice how I am at work and present among you. As part of the offertory, the choir will sing a hymn that is a favorite of mine. It is grace alone. By grace alone, God provides. So we are renewed. We are sustained. We are refocused. And our lives become whole again. Friends, as I leave you, blessed by the grace of your ministry and your presence, my prayer is that you will continue to be renewed as disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us on your journey of faith. Don't forget to check out www.dtownpc.org to explore all the ways DPC strives to be a bridge for Christ and a beacon of his love.